Hello everyone. Hi, hi, Chib hi Welcome Chibi. Welcome back to another episode of Tuzamen. Hello, hi, Chibi. Thank you so much. <laughs> and hi, Joshua Sobol. Hello. Which hi. is an icon. Yes. But not only here, all over the world. All over the world. Right? Even in, in, you know, in New York, he was in the public theater, right? Yes. Public theater. Yeah. Joshua I, uh, Sobol, playwright, publicist, writer, a political figure. Right. Um, what else? Uh, did, you write, uh, did you write lyrics, songs? Uh, I wrote songs and uh, recently I wrote 18 songs about uh, King David's love affairs. Oh, or, so it's a or, musical? Or his, it's a musical? It's a kind of a musical, uh, yeah. Uh, Ayala Asher of his, uh, composed the music for it and we perform it with five... Uh, Ayala Asher. Okay. Um, and we uh, we perform it with five uh, musicians, all young women, uh, a violinist, a cello, a flute, pianist, and a snare. And the two singers are uh, Eli Gornstein and Karen Hadar. Uh, so it's a, it's a musical or drama? It is, not, it is not exactly a musical, no. It is um, a musical event. Okay. Uh, so to speak, it's like uh, a rather, it's, a, it's a, a performance, of course, and it has a character. Art. Yeah, but it has the character of a chamber chamber concert with the two singers, and uh, they play a bit also along uh, by uh, while performing the songs. Yeah. Wow. And so Eli so, is the king. Ellie is the king, and Karen Hadar plays uh, Michal okay. uh, and Batsheva. Oh, wow. I just and saw him, by the way, because I saw uh, on, in the editing room, Michal Batadam's new film, and he's mm -hmm. doing fantastic role in, in the film. Yes. He's really wonderful there. Yeah. Well, well, he's, he's, a, he's, an, a, he's a very really special actor. Yes, yeah. it really. But why did you write about King David Loves? Uh, because, uh, well, I wrote it, uh, I started to write it uh, a few years ago. I became interested in his character when in Israel, uh, you know, there was, a, uh, um, I would say, a big drama about the changing of power in, in our country, uh, replacing Benjamin Netanyahu, and we had three or four uh, campaigns, one after the other. And uh, all of a sudden, I remembered that uh, King David didn't stick to his throne. Uh, he gave it up uh, during his life. He uh, passed it on to Solomon, to Shlomo, King Solomon. And uh, in, in my play, at least, uh, Solomon says, Father, a king does not abdict, uh, abdicate his, uh, his power. And David answers in my play and in the songs, say, what is power? What does it mean? It means nothing. Love counts much more. And, <laughs> and he says, uh, if anything will be remembered for me, these are four words in Hebrew, yain yesamach levav enosh, which right. means wine um, uh, uh, fills yeah. the human heart with joy. Right. And uh, he says that this is more important than all the battles that I fought and all the victories that I had and so on and so forth. So I thought it was a good idea to bring this aspect of King David and, and to put it on the, so to speak, on the carpet or on the table and to ask our audience to reconsider the whole question of why do people stick so much and right. hold on to power when, when, when the time comes for them to leave and to say goodbye and maybe there's something more important in their life uh, than uh, holding on to power. So what makes, it's, it's, it's really very few people give, give up power. Most of them are not able to. Why? You're right. You're right. But I think that this is what is so special about uh, King David. Twice he was ready to give up the power. Once when Absalom uh, made his uh, revolt uh, or his, uh, yeah, he was a, re a rebel and tried to overthrow David. And uh, David's uh, chief of staff comes to him, Yoab, and says, I can, I can finish them off in no time, these rebels. They are nothing, they are rubble. 
And David said, no, 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 let's go to the desert. Let's run away from Jerusalem. In a way, he hopes that Absalom will take over and he will get rid of power. And you know, uh, uh, David, he is the most, uh, I, I think he occupies in the Old Testament, in the Bible, the uh, a major part because all the Tehillim, the Psalms, uh, are uh, referred to or uh, to him as if he wrote it. Right. He's considered to be the the poet of uh, Psalms, part of uh, Book of Kings and King and Book of Samuel uh, deal with David and his exploits. So I I wondered why did the uh, the Jewish people adopt him as uh, the epitome of a good king or of uh, an ideal king, David. It's really weird. And you know, yeah, one of the interesting things is that after he killed Goliath, he never killed any other person with his hands. So, yeah, but he uh, sent somebody to get killed. He sent somebody, yes, so here and there, he fought many battles. He fought many battles, but he sent Bathsheba, uh, Bathsheba's husband to get killed, so he can have That's her. an interesting question, you know, um, in, the, in, our, uh, in the love poems that I wrote, um, he, he calls, well, as it is written in the, as it is told in the Bible, he calls Uriah from uh, the battlefield and says, go to your wife. And Uriah uh, refuses. He stays on the stairs of the, of the palace and says, send me back to my comrades, so to speak. Right. And then I have a rap, a kind of rap uh, performed by uh, Bacheva. Well, she complains. She says, you know, uh, he loved the war more than, more than me. Uh, more than me. And he and his friends, they, they spend a, a good time in war. They come back, they get together, they congregate and they tell their stories to one another and they enjoy their memories. And we, women, we are left to dry up. And she says, I'm young. <laughs> I didn't want to dry up. And uh, so, um, She's modern, but, but it seems like you were a bit forgiving to David and you put it a little bit on the girls. <laughs> no, 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 because David, well, he says there, I sinned, I sinned, etc., etc. And she says to him, you did not sin. And in Hebrew, uh, she says, Tov lichiot chayei chet, milichiot chayei met. Which means... <laughs> It's wow. better to live to live as a sinner than to live as a dead person. Right. I, I, I don't want to. I don't. I, I. I. think I'm not even supposed to say, but I will say. Do you know that I? I don't know if I even should say this publicly, but because of what you said, that I. I, I had women who were not yes. happy, and I said, "You. You deserve happiness." And, yes. if, and if you have to stay in the relationship, either because he is a nice guy, but what can you do? You are not really in love. No. Just do it quietly. As we well, said, quietly, that he, but you have to, you have to make, be happy. And if you need to sin, as we say, you know, mm -hmm. like have a love affair, that's fine, it's between you and you. You don't have to... Well, it, it is, uh, well, with David and Bathsheba, it's not a love affair, it's a real love. Uh, it's a, Oh yeah, I meant real love, I meant real love. Uh, well, it's a major, uh, well, they are both of them, they are not, chi not children anymore. I mean, they are yes. not youngsters. Yes. They are, uh, David, I don't know how old he is when he, has, uh, when he falls in love with Bathsheba, but uh, they are people in there, the ripe people, yes, uh, in the bloom of her of their uh, life and i think that this is something that is uh, um it's not provocative but it uh, makes you think that maybe david was ready to give up everything for his love with bacheva he was ready to give even like this uh, king of, of england what is his name uh, yeah like the king of england right yes of course uh, was it uh, george v i think I yeah, yeah. Very i'm envious yeah. i'm envious actually mm -hmm. I'm envious the power of true love. Because when you look, 
what happens with that love for God, how much mm. wars and damage and misery, no. um, you know, the love of God, as we say, you know, which, yes, yes. which, which people are willing to kill themselves for that love. Oh, yes. Oh, and yes. to gain what? But, you know, I'm not I'm like what you said, you know, sometimes, you know, you can kill for love, but it's something different. But no, not so many people who pay the price. I don't think that people kill for love. They they kill because uh, they are envious or jealous, yeah. and jealousy and envy have to do with hatred, not with love. I yes. think that uh, yeah. when someone is going to kill for love, so to speak, uh, it's always to defend something like what they call the uh, honor of the family, the dignity it's of the outcome. Don't know what. It's the outcome uh, of what happens around. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. All right. So. Yes. There is so much analogy to what you're telling. Yes, yes. This story, well, a lot of analogy to, to what we are surrounded by. And there are so, so many aspects of our life. This that, is true. It's never changed. The, the feeling of love was always there and everything that has to do with it. It's never yeah, but, but he speaks well, about, let's say, David, you know, willing to give up the power, who almost like don't have a sense of entitlement that every... So, and everybody thinks he's entitled to, to the power and to the, you know. Oh, yes, yes. And, and they, they, uh, they estimate power as a supreme value. I don't yes. think that power should be considered a supreme value. Right. Love is a different story. I mean, I think that love is life. Life is love. And uh, wherever you uh, give up uh, on love and prefer other values, so to speak, life becomes very miserable yes. and uh, and i think that this is what uh, what uh, i the, the lesson i drew from uh, the story of king david and which i try to share with our audience we shall see how they react i don't know uh, but um, i think that uh, batsheva in that sense she's uh, one of the maybe she's the epitome of the free woman in yes. ancient times, you know, she takes a bath outside in her courtyard, knowing that King David <laughs> is on the roof. Right. And, uh, <laughs> uh, well, there is something there between the two of them. And uh, it is beautiful, actually. Yeah. It, uh, you know, something it, I, in, in being able to open yourself and expose yourself in, which I think she bears, probably bathing herself kind of tenderly it's not like we don't you know, know what i mean i i i, I yeah. have to i have you know that's the power of drama but he the, writes it and we the, but the mm -hmm. definition of power has uh all kind of sides because the power of love is very different the power of uh, uh governing is very different and you choose which one gives you more power and to your life you know in a sense of What's more important? What do I really want? No, and everybody and everybody's using it in a very different way. Not always positive, but you know. It's, but we choose. I mean, we, yeah, we can we choose. choose. We can yeah. choose what he says. Yeah. We can well, choose how we want to perceive life. How we want yeah, to sure. to uh, build the foundations of, of our lives. But did you write only about Michal and Bachiva or? Yeah, I, I decided to take the first love and the last love. I mean, the two of them. And uh, what a difference! When, what he was, when he was, pun. What? And what about Jonathan? Ah, Jonathan. Uh, he appears also in the uh, in the middle of this of this uh, uh, theatrical event, so to speak. And David uh, apologizes to him. He says, "Well, you don't. You know." He says, "Your love was." which means your love was more wondrous for me Amazing. than the love of women. And then I added one line, which doesn't appear in the Bible, where he says, I'm so sorry that I never said one word of love to you. Because in the Bible, we don't find that yeah. it was a reciprocated love. We hear that Jonathan loved David and David somehow did not reciprocate. Right. He, uh, well, he allowed Jonathan to love him. Um, with, with Michal, it's interesting because I think it's, she's the only woman in the Bible about whom it is said that she loved 
David, or a woman who loved the, the man. Usually, it's the so man who loved the woman. Yeah, why do so, you think it's yeah. so real? Why do you think it's so real? Why is it, is it so rare in the in the Bible? Bible. Because, because the woman will, at that time she was not entitled to um, to to love and to follow her uh, her emotions or her emotional. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? It's existed until the late nineteenth century or twentieth. Well, in some places in the world, they still are not entitled. They are not entitled, but in the in the Bible, it is said. But to have Michal at David, but to have Michal but Shaul at David, and what does Shaul say? He says, "Okay, I will give her to him, but it will lead to his death." Why? Because uh, then uh, Shaul says to David, "If you well, uh, I don't want any uh, dot how uh, mohar." Wow. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, yeah. What you pay? What you pay when you get wedding? What you pay when you take? Yeah. I, I want you to bring me a hundred uh, foreskins of Philistines. Nice. A hundred foreskins of Philistines, and uh, Yoav comes to to David and he says to him, "Listen, <laughs> he wants you to die. How are you going to cut off a hundred? skins of Philistines, and David says, "Well, yeah, you are right. We will not cut a uh, hundred foreskins. We will mm. cut two hundred, and he brings to King Shaul two hundred foreskins of Philistines. Uh, so, well, <laughs> what do you think uh, about it? This is for you. Wait a minute, for you. It's a test. Yeah. Uh, you, Yoshua Sobol. Yes. Um, walking around." I don't know how to say it, the lanes of life all over the world, expressing yourself wherever you can, uh, mm -hmm. whether people listen to you or not, you still voice your voice. How do you react to something like this to bring these 200, whatever, tachkes to? Tachkes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think that uh, the truth is that uh, probably David uh, did love Michal. She loved him and he loved her. It, it looks like uh, there was a very reciprocated love. Uh, and uh, the Philistines were enemies at that time. They were deadly enemies. Finally, they killed uh, King Saul and uh, they, uh, they um, drove out uh, the Jews from the cities where they lived and they took over. Uh, they made a kind of uh, mm -hmm. ethnic um, yeah, cleansing, yeah. Uh, the Philistines. So they were a deadly enemy. By the way, they were uh, foreigners. They came from uh, Creta, uh, mm -hmm. Philistines. They were not uh, natives of... Uh, so let's of, come to the today. You know, we have a minister well, of well, well, called them Satan. Yeah, Did but... They mean uh, the immigrants. Well, I, I think that uh, what, what uh, the story in the Bible uh, wants to say that David had a kind of funny sense of humor sometimes. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, he says, you want 100, I will bring you 200. I understand that you want me to get killed during that campaign. Okay, then I will uh, double the, uh, so to speak, the price. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, well, I, it's not this but is, you know, Joshua, usually yeah. you protest because you protest against what's going on for yes. decades. And now I hear another voice. You're not protesting about what's been done and the test that was given to David. And you try to, to hug it in a, in a romantic way. To justify. What happened? Yeah, what happened? Well, what happened? No, uh, I'm still, uh, uh, I, I still consider myself not as a dissident. This is for others to say if I am or if I'm not. Yeah. Um, I was opposed to what happened in the last uh, years of uh, Netanyahu's uh, rule um, because I felt that, um, well, I felt it was obvious that uh, things were going the wrong way. Anyway, um, but what you say about my maybe becoming more moderate or whatever, no, it's, it has to do with the fact that in the last uh, 
10 years or so, we saw wars raging around us in the Arab world. And we saw things happening there that are mm, similar to uh, genocide. Yes. What happened, yeah, what happened in Syria. Yes. They are now uh, a whole or people. In, or in Yemen. You know. Or in Yemen, or in Iraq also. Right. And, yeah. and uh, in other countries uh, where, where the um, orthodox or not, the, 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 um, the ext extreme, uh, the zealots of the of other religions, Islam among others, they are causing catastrophes to the people. Yes. Catastrophes. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, and so I think that, um, first of all, because it took place in the last 10 years in our region, um, I reconsider Israel as a place where there is a certain degree of normalcy. Normalcy. After all, we survived four campaigns of uh, elections in one year or yeah. two years, which could uh, shatter any democracy. Yes. You know, and the, the campaigns were far from being very neat. They were, uh, they were aggressive. They were sometimes uh, unpleasant, very unpleasant. Somehow our democracy survived it. And what happened now in Israel is that eight different parties yes. that have uh, almost nothing with one another in common right. uh, got together. Everyone gave up his uh, principles, his, uh, I would say, the things that separate them from one another, and they tried to find the common. And, and it common sounds genuine. And it looks it, it and genuine. completely it, it genuine. Is. It is genuine. Yes. And I think that they all, uh, all the members of this coalition, of this very, very weird coalition, shared the uh, anxiety of many citizens, among them myself, yes. that uh, we are in the facing a danger that our democracy will uh, collapse. Right. I'm, and I'm, so you had to, now to, because during the Netanyahu's campaign, uh, he attacked the judiciary, he attacked the institutions, the basic institutions right. of society. So uh, I think that uh, in Hebrew, there is a word, uh, a notion of tikkun. Right. You know, it, tikkun, yes. repairing. Yeah. yeah. Repairing what should be repaired. And I think and even the, we have... Even if we think it, it's, it cannot be amended, it can be. Yeah. Right. We, be, we have be. to believe that, you know, we have a yes. friend, Alisa yes. Olmert, who is doing broken eggs that she mend together. And she showed that we can mend broken eggshell even. Yes, right? yes, you can, you can make of them a, a, a work of art okay. oh, from yeah. the broken right. eggshells. Uh, yeah, but yeah. especially if it can be in real. Well, it, it is to redeem something of the quality of the eggshell. Right. Um, no, 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 but, but the uh, question now, you know, it's almost like, almost a wishful thinking that it's not just a work of art, but maybe it can be done with like the example reality. of the new government of those eight Well, I will tell you something. Uh, my daughter, Neta, uh, she was an actress and then she decided to study uh, Jewish philosophy and oh. she made, she wrote her doctorate in Kabbalah oh. uh, on a special uh, subject of the Zohar. And, She's not uh, allowed to as a woman, right? She's not allowed. Well, Women uh, are not allowed to study Zohar. Uh, no, they're not allowed. Write about so, it. so she uh, she sinned, so to speak. Yeah. She wrote a doctorate. Yeah. About, uh, well, and uh, one of the things that um, I learned from her is that in the Kabbalah, there is a notion of uh, that God, by creating the world, uh, he made clear his own imperfection. Because if he was a perfect being, he would not need to create anything. Right. If you are perfect, you don't need to move a finger. You can just uh, enjoy your perfection. You can relax. Yeah. Yeah. And so he he needed something. So you mean he, God has he, doubts? 
Well, not that he has doubts. He is a, a, a flawed being. He is not a perfect being. But he's aware uh, of it? Uh, of course, because otherwise he wouldn't create men in his image. Men, I mean the human being in it's his okay. image. And the role of us human beings, according to that, uh, that uh, topic in the Kabbalah, is to repair or to amend what God uh, created. When he doesn't uh, amend, he sent Noah and to, you know, send Noah but, and flooded the world, like maybe. Yeah, it's another story also in the Kabbalah that uh, they, they say about God that he, I'll say it in Hebrew, Bore Olamotu Machrivan. Okay, he's creating he the world and then he destroys world them. And destroys them. Are we the... and, which means he's doing it uh, almost... Uh, um, Consistently. On, on, a, on a constant basis. <laughs> and every world that he creates is a kind of a blueprint. It is not what he wanted really to create. What's so happening now? Sure, look. You look so, around. We are almost... Yeah. Are we going yeah. into the destruction of the third... Now, now, while we speak. While we speak. Uh, first of all, uh, the third temple was not built yet. Uh, I mean, I, and I hope that it will not be built because... Because um, we saw what happened when the te second temple was there. It became the biggest steakhouse of the ancient world, uh, the, the, the second okay. temple. Yeah. But uh, do you think you know, we need a third no. temple when we have the, the state of Israel? No, I don't think we need it. Okay. I, I think we don't need it. I think that uh, Judaism, the great merit or the great uh, advantage of Judaism is of its being a spiritual religion. It right. doesn't need any um, right. stones or any monuments or any, um, I don't know what, uh, uh, official institutions, even their uh, rabbis uh, are a kind of an invention that uh, happened during a certain point, but in our history, but uh, the, the Talmud says is Merabanot. But if you take it a little bit further, so mm. do you think that the Jewish state should exist? Oh, yes. Okay. Don't you oh, yes. look at no, his no, play. No, no. Look, at, look at him. One of the things but, that I asked you that I really mm. wanted to talk to him, because yes. many times, you know, I look at people and there is a drawer in me that I would like either to open or to feel like you are all around the world and we'll also get in Germany. But yes. yet, you are only you cannot be away from Israel. No, I, I could, I could. No, if oh, I, no if, I mean, if I wanted. If you wanted, and, look, of course. Uh, I don't speak about. Uh, it. There was a, a moment in my private biography when um, Ghetto was produced. My play Ghetto all over yes. the world. To this day, yes. um, there is always a production of Ghetto somewhere. Yes. Uh, two years ago, before just before the Corona broke out, I directed a production of Ghetto in Beijing. Oh. with a, a Chinese theater, and oh. they, they played it in 24 towns in China, throughout China. So I, and at the time, in 89, Ghetto was produced in the National Theater in London and received Best Play of the Year um, well, award. Play. So I, I could stay in London at that time, and I was almost offered the opportunity to do it. And it was very tempting. Because, um, well, you know, uh, you get the best player of the year in London. It's not. Um, yes, it's, it's, it's huge. It's, it's not it's huge. Huge, it's huge, huge, huge. Yeah. yeah. And then I decided to to go back to Israel. I um, it was after I was I have been living for almost four years in London. Why? Uh, because why? Because I my play the Jerusalem Syndrome that opened in eighty eight right. at the Haifa Theater created the. Nationwide yeah, scandal. I remember. Yeah, I and I had to retire from my job as artistic director of the theater. Yes. And then uh, I, there were nice people who came to me and said, "Don't, don't uh, retire. Don't get. Uh, I mean, stay in the theater. Don't your position. Just stay. Do uh, just uh, take two seasons to produce oh. uh, unoffensive uh, stuff." 
and comedies, etc., musicals, and then people will forget. And then after two years, you can again do your mishegas, you know, your uh, crazy things. Yeah. And I, I said, as an artist, I feel that if I make this compromise, it's the end right. of my. Uh, but Joshua, can you please uh, tell us in two words about the Jerusalem syndrome and two words about uh, ghetto because not everybody knows. Yeah, that. all right. Uh, of course. Uh, shall we start with the Jerusalem syndrome? I'll tell you what yeah, it's yeah. all about. The Jerusalem syndrome is a play about a, um, a future uh, Gogo and Magog uh, world in uh, Armageddon, mm -hmm. yeah, in the <laughs> Christian uh, tradition where everything is destroyed and the, the, the last battle is taking place in Jerusalem. And uh, um, uh, psychiatric hospital is being bombed out and all the inmates uh, find themselves uh, on the street. And the crazy professor, who was also an inmate of, the, of that uh, asylum, uh, puts on a show with the inmates of the lunatic asylum Lunatic sound is incorrect to say it nowadays, but um, never mind. <laughs> it's okay. Mentally. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, he puts on a show with them, uh, uh, telling the story of the destruction of the Second Temple. And uh, uh, according to his uh, uh, theory, the temple was, uh, I mean, this temple and the Jewish independence was lost because the zealots. Uh, took over the control over the state of Israel. Right. And this was the message of the play. It was... Yeah, sure, the narrative people, was clear. Yeah, it was clear. And uh, the extreme right wing understood it very well. So they made not only a, pro a protest, but they tried right. to, uh, to, to blow up the show. We right. opened it at the Habima Theater in Tel Aviv. In and... In the National Theater, and the people started to uh, to shout, to scream, and someone uh, threw a, an alarm bomb into the auditorium. Uh, the police had to interfere, I don't know how many times, and they threw out some 100 people out of the auditorium. Yeah, and then um, uh, the, the, uh, no one was very favorable to the play. The people were very critical about it. Um, and the uh, uh, board of directors of the Haifa Theater, uh, which is depending on the municipality of, of Haifa, they came and they said, listen, you cannot go on with this, with this that kind of place. Uh, people don't like it, and uh, we don't like it. So uh, this was a, a critical moment for me. And I said, OK, then I will uh, give up. I will resign from the post of artistic director. And I became an independent writer. Right. And uh, that uh, I, I was lucky enough because it, uh, shortly afterwards, I got a message from London that the National Theatre wanted to do a production of Ghetto. So I said, OK, then I will go to London and I will take some distance from, mm -hmm. from the arena in Israel, because I felt that if I'm staying, I will be involved in a kind of non-stopping battle with the people right. who accused me and so on and so forth. I said, I will take a certain distance. So, so this was the story of the Jerusalem syndrome. And uh, then um, you asked me about Ghetto. Ghetto is a play based on uh, historical uh, uh, documents and uh, material about a theater that functioned uh, in the uh, uh, ghetto of Vilnius, of Vilna, uh, during the Second World War. Um, the, uh, the Germans uh, gave a permission to, to open a theater in the ghetto. They didn't care. They were, they, it was for them even entertainment. There was a German officer by the name of uh, Hans Kittel, um, who was a young man, he was 22 years old. Uh, he was in charge of the ghetto at a certain point. And he was um, a, an amateur of ja jazz music and himself a player of saxophone. And he was an alumni of a drama school. So he was interested in the theater in the ghetto and he, was, he used to come with his saxophone and uh, play so jazz. 
Pardon? If you had to say in one sentence, what is the intent of the play? Of the, the play, I will, I, I'll try to say it in one sentence. It's the, of the importance of art and spiritual resistance when you are uh, put, uh, you are uh, confronted with, uh, with annihilation, with a project of annihilation. So it is about and the spirit so, of human being. Right? It, it's the importance in the middle of, of the wars, the wars, catastrophe of yeah. the lowest to the lowest of human humanity. You should yes, yes, find so. it easier to tell a story when you put a, a show inside a show or a story inside a story. Does it make it easier to bring the message? Um. It offers you, of course, a kind of, uh, you, it offers you a double point of view on, on a certain subject. Right. From the inside and from the outside at the same time. So in Ghetto, it, it, it starts with the, the memory of a survivor of the Ghetto, who, is, uh, who was uh, the artistic director of the theater in the Ghetto. And um, he survived, and he remembers the story of the theater, and he brings it to life for us. And uh, among other things, we, we see there, it, it is a play that deals with all the dilemma, not all, sorry, with some of the crucial dilemmas uh, that uh, people had to face, like the uh, doctors, the ghetto, uh, had, at a certain point, had to face the dilemma if they are going to um, uh, give insulin injections to every uh, case of diabetes, or they will start a selection among patients because they came to the conclusion that if they can continue to deal out the uh, insulin without selection yeah. after three okay. weeks or so they will finish the whole uh, right. Right. Yeah. yeah and so this was a terrible um, was dilemma. Um, dilemma to face I met by the way the young doctor when I met him he was not young anymore who had to face this dilemma because he was responsible for the pharmacy of the hospital in the ghetto then um, Gens, the leader of the ghetto, at a certain point they came to him and uh, I mean the Germans and they said uh, we want a selection of children. And he said to them, uh, well the children will grow up, you have founded uh, a Reich uh, kingdom that will last for a thousand years, you will need their uh, human, their manpower. Right. So what's uh, the alternative? He said, well, take old people. Instead of the young of the of the children, and the, the German officer, this is documented, said to him, "You know, there is a difference of value between the life of a child and the life of an old man." And Gans said to him, "Yeah, this difference can be calculated in money." And the German officer said, "You said it." So Gans tells the story that he put his hand into his deep pocket, he drew out a word of bills and offered it to the German officer. And the German officer said, okay, so let's make a selection of old people. Yeah. And Gens says himself, he says, uh, he was the leader of the ghetto, he said, I know that this uh, decision of mine, or yeah, or this, um, yeah, was immoral. It cannot be defended morally. And he said, but I, we are not living in a time. In a moral world, yeah. yeah. Well, morals count anymore. Amazing. So he said, we have to 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 uh, to take responsibility for the future of our nation. Of our of our, he almost used the biological term of species. Mm -hmm. And he said, so when you have to deal with that problem, you must uh, uh, you must prefer the survival of the youngsters and give up the life of the old people. So. What, a, what an incredible, painful dilemma. Yeah, but these are the kind of dilemmas that come up in yes. ghetto, in the play, in the yes, play. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But you and know, so, I, uh, yeah. Yes. No, 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 I, 
I just because, I just wanted to ask you also, if I may, uh, how you, what is your attitude to Germany? Because you go to Germany, you you many times. I, I, many well, ta I'm yes, sure I people recently. asked you because of I course, of course because I I'm not you, and of course I cannot even compare to you. But I refuse to go to Germany unless I have a film in the festival, like Berlin Festival, no, which no. have questions for them. Yes. Well, uh, Ghetto, yes, it was my yes. first play produced in Germany. Yes. And it was produced parallelly with the production in Haifa in 84, 1984. Uh, at the same time, it opened, we opened in Haifa, the Hebrew hmm. uh, premiere, and uh, Peter Tzadek, the famous director, opened in Berlin at that time. Uh, the German uh, performance of Ghetto. And of course, okay. I, was, I was criticized by some people who thought that uh, we should boycott Germany. No, but I ask you how you feel about it. How I feel about it. I felt, and I said it openly in, in um, interviews at the time, that we have, we Jews, and especially we Israelis, <coughs> among, among all Jews, have two. Uh, partners for a serious dialogue. One is the Palestinians and the other one is the Germans. Oh. And we have to, to, um, to conduct the dialogue with them. Wow, okay, so I'm, 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 look, it took me a second to think hmm. about that maybe I was wrong. Well, I don't think you are wrong. I think that everyone has to make his own decision in, right. such, a, uh, in such a choice. I never you thought about it this way, about I didn't see it as a dialogue, unfortunately. I saw it, uh, as, it look at the mirror. Is, yeah, I came as a, a, a Ktavashma, as a blaming, which is called the wrong way of, of yeah, no, I well, can't you know, I, I'll tell you something. I had, uh, after the premiere in Berlin, I was interviewed by many journalists and so on, and a, a young journalist, a woman came to me. I think she was then maybe 28 or so. And she said to me, uh, she be began the interview by saying, you know that we are all guilty. And I said to her, sorry, you cannot be guilty. She said, what? I said, you were born after the war. You can't take responsibility for, for uh, what, yeah. what brought about the, uh, the, 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 the um, taking of power by the Nazis. And if these are still forces that are uh, under undercurrents in the German society, you should take responsibility to uh, struggle against it with all your forces if you want to take responsibility. But don't don't go um, don't indulge in feelings of guilt because sometimes feelings of guilt yeah. uh, are uh, neutralizing you. Yeah, well, then you go to. Yeah, you say, okay, I feel guilty. And, uh, yeah, and I cannot confront it. I cannot do anything. I'm going Listen, to... You open my eyes. I want to thank you. No, I'm not kidding now. Because no, the I, notion, well, I, if I want to understand the complexity of yes. the Israeli-Palestinian conflict or the complexity yeah. of Nazism, yes, I want to understand it. If I'm not trying to understand the complexity, then it's, it's nothing. It doesn't no, cause no. anything. Then I do have to make a, guy, a dialogue. With of both course. places, of course. A dialogue. because I and yes, my, yes. my films are either show, you know the Holocaust or the Palestinian conflict, and a little bit, unfortunately, too little battered yeah. women. But if I would like to be honest with myself, I need to, to make a dialogue, not just between me and myself and my characters. You know, uh, I I wrote oh. a, no a novel that uh, was published in Israel three years ago. It's called in Hebrew Chufshat Shichur which means uh, uh, there is no, no parallel notion in English, I think, to Chufshat Shechur. It's when you are released from the army. Yeah. And it's about a young girl who is being released from the army. She was uh, an interrogator of, uh, of uh, terrorists. And, um, and she goes to the kibbutz where her grandfather uh, lives. He is not at home. He's a man almost of, in his uh, late 80s. She wants to talk to him. And then she finds there the diary of his mother, which is her grand, 
grandmother, right. who was one among the founders of the kibbutz. And she was a choreographer, this woman, by the name of Eva, doesn't matter. Uh, and uh, sh this Eva, she was one of these women who, who I would say, uh, uh, created or well, was among the, the women who have uh, uh, reformed the status of women in Judaism and in Israel, especially in the 20s, by trying to make, to create a, a society of the kibbutz, of course, where there would be total equality between men and women. And she was as a choreographer at a certain point, she feels that she needs to uh, bring her art to perfection. And in 1930, the place to do it was Berlin. And she leaves the kibbutz and she goes to Berlin in 1930 wow. to study uh, Ausdruck dance, uh, the expressionist dance. And uh, there she meets, on one hand, Bertolt Brecht, with whom she has an affair. <laughs> and on the other hand, because he had yeah, affairs with, with, with many. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he was a nice man. Wait, I'm not sure. Well, okay. He was not but such a nice man, by the way. It. You know, it's like so some you know, of great artists like him, like Fassbinder, yeah. they were not nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, well, he, by the way, he took advantage of the women who loved him and he exploited them. Uh, well, like sometimes Picasso, very, Picasso. very nasty, very nasty. Uh, anyway, on the other hand, she meets also a young architect by the name of Johan, uh, who is a young Nazi. And uh, at that point in 1930, the Nazis were not yet, you know, they were yeah. not in power. They were, And she, as a very free woman, she has her uh, love affairs with, on the one hand, with uh, Brecht, on the other hand, with this Johan. And, and at the in the beginning, she falls into the trap that people like Bernard Shaw fell into them by admiring uh, the National Socialist Party uh, with its ideals, etc., etc., that brought order and law into the German society and so on. And uh, until she has her, um, um, until she understands what is taking place there and she goes back to uh, Israel on the way trying to bring her parents from Vienna to Israel and they don't want to listen. She says to them, come now, but because in a, few, in a, in a couple of years, you will uh, be kicked out of your home and of your uh, property and everything. They don't want to listen to her. They say, you are a crazy Zionist, you are a crazy uh, socialist Zionist, etc." And she goes back and she comes and she becomes involved in in the in the Second World War, and yeah, uh, Jews of German uh, origin created a force in the Palmach, in the Israeli Haganah, in the Israeli Defense Force, a German section or German regiment. They prepare themselves for the occupation of Palestine by Rommel, by the German army. Right. There were 200 days of uh, anxiety where it was not clear that the English are going right. to win the battle in the right. desert. Yeah. And then uh, this woman becomes, uh, she's sent by the British after the victory over Rommel, she's sent to Egypt to interrogate uh, German uh, prisoners of war. And she meets that Johan, whom oh, the was, one, yeah, okay. but now he's a prisoner of war. Right. And he tells her that uh, there was a, a plan a, a prepared, prepared for the extermination of the Jewish, the Israeli Hebrew issue in Palestine. Oh. It, it is a, a historical fact. They prepared a special force in Greece that was waiting for the occupation of Palestine by the German army in order to come over to wipe out and, and yeah. to wipe out the Jewish uh, community in Palestine that counted 500,000, 600,000 yes. people. Right. Right. Um, now, the, the, the novel was translated into German and they gave it a very interesting title. They call it uh, The Great Wind of Time. 
Mm. Große Winter Zeit. Right. And the, the uh, municipal theater in Stuttgart, they read the, the book and they contacted me. They said, we want you to make a play about, uh, based on the book. Right. So at this moment, I'm writing a play about it. I mean, now? a play based, based on the book. Yes, yes. For the theater of Stuttgart. Now, this is a kind of dialogue because um, in the play, well, what comes out from the book at least, and I, I hope I'll manage to squeeze it into the play because it's a very, uh, it's a kind of saga in the book. Um, the fact that Zionism was the right answer to Nazism, that this was the, uh, the only, I would say, movement inside the Jewish world that for for so and understood what was in store for us and uh, and to the last very last moment jews in austria in germany before they were really kicked out or sent to the camps still believed that this could not happen yeah so uh, the the play has to do and the book also with the fact that uh, in the last few years, you know, there is a tendency in the Western world, I'm sorry to say, to which the left wing is also sometimes uh, yeah. connected, to uh, vilify Zionism as a um, colonialist, imperialist, etc. All these. Uh, yes. Uh, what is it? Something jumped up. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, and, but wait a minute. So you, when you start to write a play, by the way, how many plays you wrote? Forty more? How many? No, plays? I wrote eighty-eighty-four. Eighty-eight four. <laughs> yeah. Either life. Do you have any life outside writing? Uh, yeah, I do have. Yes, yes. Oh. Well, I know your son who is amazing. I know your daughter. I know oh, your. Yeah, he is. Of course, I know your. Uh, you call it daughter-in-law daughter who acted it yeah. fabulously and yeah. I waited I'm waiting for the film to come out but listen what mm -hmm. I, do you start with a what if or do you ask with a question you want to understand like but before but, that I wanted to ask you Joshua yeah we are like I'm fighting on. for time right no it, um when the dialogue with the Germans and the dialogue with the Palestinians which way you focus about the future and which way you focus about the past? How do He's you run this both dialogue? now? He's doing both now. Well, well I think that uh, the past uh, is full of mistakes in, uh, between us and the Palestinians on both sides. I, I think they are as responsible as we are to the Nakba. And I think that it would be very, you don't very know what helpful. is the Nakba. The Nakba is the, it's the, the, um, the Palestinian speak, uh, catastrophe. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, um, I think that uh, shaking off all responsibility for the, for the Nakba, for their uh, catastrophe, doesn't do them any good. And I'm a left winger in Israel. Yeah. And yeah. I think that uh, not only in Israel, but I think that uh, understanding history is so important and to understand what and why they uh, manipulated themselves, I mean, the Palestinians to this catastrophe which befell them. It is for them, it is crucial to, to, to understand it. Or to acknowledge, and, you and, mean uh, more to, to, to acknowledge? To, no, to, to acknowledge and to understand. Because we don't because acknowledge. I, I know. I know. It's least, so easy to it, well. It is so easy to throw uh, to uh, unload your responsibility on others yeah. for mainly for catastrophes that one causes to oneself. We always look for someone else who is uh, guilty for us, and I, so I think that we have to take responsibility also for what oh. we have done. Yes, and of course because we are now the. The the, 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 the the I would say the stronger party. It is it is up to us to first of all to recognize the right for uh, independence. Do you see signs for it? Do you see any sign that I, it can happen? I, I think 
I think it will happen. I think it will happen because there is no other, the solution of one state is uh, unviable. Right. The differences of uh, culture, right. of, re of religion and of habits and so on. I don't want to impose on the Palestinians our ideals of uh, right. equality between, uh, between the genders. I think that it's their problem to reach it and to come to, to it. Embrace it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yet, I think that the difference of cultures is so um, uh, sharp that it is almost impossible now when it would, it would be a catastrophe to try to, to impose on the two people uh, one uh, political entity. So I think that um, my vision of the future is that there will be an independent Palestinian state alongside with Israel. And then the two states can confederate, they can do uh, all kinds of arrangements which will be necessary for, for, for us and for them. Did we miss uh, the train for that? No. We, do we miss? The train. Did we miss the train for that? No. No, no. no I don't think so. I think no, is an example. Look yeah. at him. Every man who was really is a leftist. He was a leftist. He was really had a lot of uh, anger. In many ways, you can call it anger about what he sees around him. Mm -hmm. And look at him now. You said he became more softer. That's not softer. He just look at this new government: it's Arabs, not, religious Jewish people, leftists, right wing. They all come together. It's not a question like of a miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I then think that if you ask if we lost the train, if we lost what? the train, hmm? uh, well, the, again, I I can see trends now among Israeli Arabs, of course. I mean, uh, Israeli Arabs. I mean, these are Israeli citizens uh, who define themselves as Palestinians, but they are Israeli citizens. But they have Israeli citizens. And um, and now there is a, this trend to start to cooperate with the Jewish community to, right. I mean, of Israel uh, for the good of both parties. Right. The, I think that it, 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 the pressure comes from the, uh, from the grassroots. Right. Uh, grassroots in that sense that you have now so many uh, medical staff in our hospitals, doctors, uh, right. Professors and uh, nurses and so Pharmacist. on. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, now in the high tech, there yes. are now. Do you know that there are now between five hundred and one thousand um, uh, high tech technicians from the Palestinian right. uh, Authority who are working in Israel? Yes. Working in Israel in Israeli uh, enterprises, right. high tech enterprises. And they, this contact between, and they are all, of course, young people. Uh, so this contact on a daily basis in the field of uh, uh, medicine, in the field of high tech, in other fields, of course, it will finally change the I, I, old... I think you are right. Yeah. Yeah. You see, when you say he was such a voice all these years that we know him, right? Such a voice. Um, now it's a different voice that he should he should really go go out you know because, it's almost as analogy is because joshua is a thinker and he writes about it all the time and it's very organic and he sees what's going on and he changes you know his ideas in a very deep way but you know after so many years of protesting do you see any influence or any change with uh, people around you that really willing to make any difference or any this government it's yeah, not... yeah. well before this government you know there was a, a moment when uh, Ehud Olmert was uh, prime minister I mean... uh, he had a, he offered uh, Mahmoud Abbas uh, Abu Mazen a, a deal and if Mahmoud Abbas had signed at that time right. the deal, there would have already been a, a kind right. of a right. Palestinian right. state. Right. 
uh, he was afraid to sign it. He somehow refused. I think there were some Israeli politicians who told him that uh, Olmert is probably going to be uh, overthrown. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so it was a historical moment when- I know, were... and look at the journey of Lord Olmert when he started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was a Likudnik. Yes. And, and, and now he's uh, with his, uh, his opinions about the solution for right. the conflict mm -hmm. right. are identical to the, uh, the attitudes of the, of the left wing in okay. Israel. You know, it's really funny. No. I, I have to stick my nose as a woman. You know, I, I do believe that Aliza, his wife, yeah. was some kind of a back channel, back channel. Uh, influence on him well, well, I, I would like to believe so i think that uh, it's it's time for all men to be influenced by women i believe it. i am yeah. really it's too late to ask no, no, I, 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 I do believe it i really believe it because i think we started talking about power and the thirst for power and so on and holding on to power this is a kind of masculine um uh, psychosis right i mean the need to have power Right. And I think the uh, the female power is kind of soft power. It's a, a different attitude. It is not uh, giving up totally uh, power, but it is another way of dealing with it and of uh, of using it. Right. So I don't I think know that, that it's are... a softer power. I think it's a wider power that has more departments into it. And you play because there are many women who are not soft and very, very strong. Yeah, but yeah, I think it has a wider yeah. range of uh, options of dealing with things. An emotional range. And the ability uh, to deal with things at once. And uh, yes, and I think that uh, now the female intelligence has to do also, it, it is an emotional intelligence also, be, besides being also intellectual intelligence, of course. But I think that men in uh, the Western uh, civilization and uh, probably in other cultures, um, they, are, they, they lack that uh, openness to their emotional being. Right. And that's why they are kind of suppressing their emotional right. being. Right. right. The it's really who they are, actually, because they, they have were educated like this. They're limited. They're limited. Because uh, nobody actually... Of course they miss it, of course. And I think that to, nowadays, if you... Uh, uh, we see that uh, it's only if you use your full intelligence, not only your brainy being, but also your emotional uh, uh, capacity yeah. to identify with, uh, with others and to empathy, uh, which computers don't have and right. robots don't have. And this is the big difference between, uh, I would say, uh, what human society has to adopt. You just sent me to a different question. What Are we going to design uh, the AI, artificial intelligence, according to men or women? I never thought about it. But listen, we don't have much time, but I did want to ask you if you can answer me shortly. Yes. Um, do you think that men evilness is more dominant? Humans? Evil? evil yeah. Or goodness? Well, well, I think so. I think that we see it. Or, uh, look, I'm looking around me and I see who are these uh, hordes of people who run with guns on the, in the streets and shout and scream death 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 it's always men you don't see right. thousands of women running with weapons on the streets and shouting right. death so right. uh, there is a culture of uh, adoration of death and uh, we have to get rid of it the humankind because because we have now in our hands the means to destroy the whole universe we yeah. have it Yes. And uh, if you uh, if you go on with that uh, tendency of um, of uh, adoring the, um, uh, the, the 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 military militant uh, attitude of males, young males, 
uh, I, I would say young frustrated males yes. running in the streets with guns in their hands and instead of uh, <laughs> adoring life they adore death right then it's the end of the of but, your, listen, but, here, but here we are with you writing yes. about the power of love and actually coming and tell us David was a vulnerable man who was he actually was vulnerable yeah, yeah. In he was way. vulnerable. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he was not afraid to bring out his vulnerability. Is 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 being able to love, and well, this is actually yeah. it's unbelievable that you are writing now. You are coming out with such. <laughs> anyway, I tell you what. Yeah. You give us hope. Yeah. You give us hope in, in 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 spite of what he just told right. us. You give us hope. Listen, it was a delight. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I we... enjoyed it very much yes I didn't even feel that the time was passing so well, uh, yeah you know because here we have to you have to uh, excuse me for having talked so so much you will know that we, we are doing okay. anyway are doing this show because we would like to be inspired we are looking for okay. information All in right. the world. therefore we ask you to come here anyway See thank you so much thank Joshua. you so much Thanks, thank you and uh, for the pleasure you you will have a link to the sure. um, you get it. get it and I get it. Oh, your son too thank you very much and see everybody next week bye okay bye bye